Salutations from the Hill Turn Podcast. It's me. It's I. It's Devin Lee Crimes. And I thought that would rhyme better. Devin Lee Crimes Jr. Back again with another NXT 2.0 review. And as we get into it, we started off with the tag team matchup. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams going up against Solo Sokoa and the NXT North American champion Cameron Grimes. And this match... It was good. It wasn't anything spectacular really really in it. I will say I was shocked by the end because I figured going into this match, Trick is in this match, and he is not one of the three that are being that triple threat match. So I figured, like, oh, they're going into that higher profile match. He'll probably be the one to get pinned. But actually they had Solo pinned. Carmelo Hayes, in which I'm not actually upset about that. I'm shocked, but I'm not upset. I'll say that because if they're going to go forward with Sol Sokoa and him possibly being the next North American champion, I feel like they might as well. The crowd is behind him. They chant his name during the song. They're no longer saying Uso every three seconds. So he got past that. And I'm panning Carmelo it's a big deal because it's like that's a former NXT North American champion in himself. And you pinned him. Cool. You know, like, all right, that's what I'm saying. If they're going to strike the iron, strike it while it's hot, whenever they soon can, put the championship on him. Go ahead. That's I'm, just, I'm giving my little endorsement on it. Not saying he need it or they need it, but there it is. That match was a solid opener. Like I said, it wasn't nothing really spectacular. Ending, the ending was shocking, but that was about it. But we get back into the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament with Lash Legend taking on Tatum Paxley. In this match, it really wasn't much you needed to bring out in it. They tried. They had a small little story with Tatum Paxley. Tatum, ah, Tatum Paxley. Yeah, who comes up with these names? Tatum Paxley's leg being worked on by Lash Legend and Tatum constantly tried to lift her up but she just couldn't she tried about three times and on that third time that was when Lash Legend was able to hit her with a big boot and that was it Lash Legend got the win and she would advance in the breakout tournament and like I said this match it was simple it didn't really need too much to be brought out in it Duke Hudson right here, man. He was being interviewed, and <laughs> Ron Bricker came in, and he was just like, cut my music. You know, get up out of here with all that. Came out, I mean, championship on the shoulder. Like, it was just like, man, nobody trying to hear what this man talking about. Play my music. Woo-woo. I can't really do the bark thing, obviously. But 
I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty boss move right there, I'm going to say. And everything he did was perfectly in the next few minutes. He can't, He was trying to explain why he wasn't there last week, saying how he got beat up, thrown somewhere, and don't nobody care. He explained all that, which he did it the best he could. But Joe Casey, somewhere always up there in the corner, he... He wants another match after he just lost. Clean. Clean, I tell you. He lost clean. No distractions. No nothing. You lost straight up. Lost. That was it. But now he wants another match. And now he's added in the stake where if Braun Breaker gets disqualified, he loses his championship. And, like, that would be a great stake if we've seen him lose control before. And get disqualified. Like I can see if he had a Damian Priest moment. Where he just constantly can't control himself. And he gets disqualified. That's not the case here. So. Even for him for one. One in another match. After losing cleanly. A week ago. Or. Whenever he did. It. It, it makes no sense. And I once again. Do not care about an NXT championship match. And that's all because of this feud. It stank. It, I don't, it's, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's, it's a waste. I don't, it just feels like a straight placeholder for another better storyline with this championship than what we got right now. It, it stink. I said that before and I'm going to say it again. I can't wait for them to be done with it. Because it's, it's a waste. And that's the big championship of the brand. Why give it such a bland story? But we get tag team action with the Viking Raiders going up against the Creed Brothers once again. And it's, this match, it was great. Like, it was, a, it was just as good as their previous match they had about a week uh, week or so, like, more than a week ago. And Brutus, he went for that cannonball he does from the top rope outside the ring. And he made contact with the Viking Raiders. But, like, he landed on his butt and his feet. But, like... As he was coming out of the cannonball stance, and I'm just like, all you heard was a slap on the ground, and I'm like, dang. And they went to break after that, so I don't know how he managed during the break, but it looked like he shook it off because he didn't didn't bother him the rest of the match. But it was just nasty to see. And I don't know who was actually gonna win this because the Creed brothers told Roger Strong that they don't need his help, and he said he wasn't gonna help. He said he stayed out of it. But what'd he do? He got in it. He he intervened. And Julius threw him out the ring. Was like, we don't need you. Turn around and guess what? They lose. So, (laughs) I mean, they must need something because they keep losing. So, I mean, you're going to have to listen to somebody. People be losing on NXT and they just, they're like, you know what? Can't nobody tell me what to do. I don't need you. And I'm like, you I had racking up losses. You need something. But this is a really good little spicy dynamic for Diamond Mine because they need it. And them going at it with Roger Strong about him helping them win. Obviously, he does need to help them win, but I get it. They want to go about it the clean way with a baby face. So interesting dynamic. Now they had Damon Kemp as well. So we'll see how they 
flow out with this. I'm hoping to get something great out of this. But Andre Chase took on Grayson Waller. It was not really much for me to grab from this. Grayson Waller was able to get the win with his rolling stunner finisher. I like the move. I just don't never know how to describe it. But that's all I can really pull from this because there was really nothing about it, really. They already had a match pretty much, or mixed tag match last week. And Andre Chase won. And then this week, Grayson Waller won. So, I mean, that's kind of a 50 50-ish. By being a tag team, it's kind of weird how to put it. 25-50, I'll say. So, yeah, that's that was a low of the whole show to me because it was just kind of like, all right. But we go further into the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament with Roxanne Perez going up against Kiana James. This was a pretty solid match for the second match of the night in the tournament. Kiana James had most of the offense in this match, but Roxanne Perez was able to pull out the win in the end. And she will now... I need to stop trying to rhyme. She will now advance into the second round of the breakout tournament. And they haven't really had any bad matches in this tournament so far. I know we're only four matches into it, but there were no, you know, unnecessary, like, squash matches or anything. Like, it's been matches where you can feel that the other person will win. And that makes it more credible of a tournament. Like, it's not just somebody smashing their way through... And, you know, whoever that was, they look like a weak person now. It's been perfectly balanced, perfectly competitive, and I'm excited for the second round. Nathan Frazier was originally supposed to take on Zion Lee, but he uh, can't compete once again. And so, no, actually it was Wesley. Wesley, I get their names confused. I'll cut that out. <clears throat> Wesley was originally supposed to take on Zion Quinn, but he once again was unable to compete. And Nathan Fraser said, I ain't got nothing else to do. What you want to do? So they had a match, and they were both evenly sized, evenly in speed, everything. Like, they're literally, like, it's, it was equal footing for everything. And due to that, this match was fast as hell, and... Look, that made me want to go hop on a treadmill at some point. Because, man, they were moving. That was a fast match. It was really good. And I will say it was good that, that Wesley was the one that had, like, the more aggression, given that these two are faces in this match. That adds a little spice into you having two faces going off, going against each other because, obviously, you're like, who do I root for? And if one guy is kind of edging on to that side of, like, he'll do whatever it takes, then you kind of can shift the perspective a bit. I had to throw that in there. I thought that really helped out this match, given, like I said, they're both faces. And for as good as this match was going to get, Von Wagner came out, and he just ruined everything because that's what Von Wagner does. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm surprised he did it, but I'm not surprised that he did it. That makes sense. I, I don't know. I mean, granted, I didn't know who was going to win this match. But I didn't think Von Wagner was going to be the one to come out and interfere. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, people be minding their own business having a match, and then he got to come in and interrupt, interrupt it. Like, bro, what, what? Like, what do you want? Like, 
the whole locker room should just interrupt you for your next match because, like, you just keep, you know, I ain't got much to say about him, whoever is associated with him. He born, and I don't know what to say. All he do is get in people's business and just stand there. What, like I said, was a good match, but the ending was Von Wagner, so that's what I'll say on that one. In our main event, we got Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo. And look, as much as I'll clown the highly edited Godfather parody promos that they do, it did tell a story. Like I said, as goofy as some of these things are, they do tell a story in most of them. And in this one, you know, it's all about family, all that good stuff. People got kidnapped in the NXT parking lot, which I'm not surprised because I don't even know why somebody wouldn't want to talk to anybody in the NXT parking lot. As a matter of fact, I drive into the building before I go in the parking lot. That's just me. But this storyline, like I said, it's actually been built upon, but it's just been built upon in a bunch of montages and, like I said, those video promos like they're fine they tell the story like i said they just take you out of the whole live action that you just previously watched and that's what this match was really stabilized on and this wasn't going to be a fast-paced match at all like you previously just saw or the previous match but it didn't need to have that anyway because like i said it was built upon some type of story underneath holding it up as a foundation and this match, like I said, it was pretty a uh, technical, slow, methodical storyline match. Like there's things in it where you're like, I get why he would do that. They've been beefing. He kidnapped this dude first, beat him up, and he kidnapped this dude. All that good, stupid stuff. And Tony D'Angelo went for his famous. Well, I won't say it's famous because anybody can get one. Crowbar. But Legato Del Fantasma had already taken it, which brought out Tony D'Angelo's family. Because I don't know what name he calls them besides family. They would even the odds. And through all that, Santos Escobar was able to sneak him on some good old brass knucks. Lay one one on the kisser of Tony D'Angelo. And that would give him the win. And for a main event, the finish could have had a bit more pop to it, I would say. Like I said, this match really was built. On a stand, on a foundation of the story that they were building, stupidly, over the weeks. So that's what really held this mostly together. And I mean, it did its job. Like I said, just the end, just kind of like you know, they weren't supposed to all come. Basically, each family wasn't supposed to come ringside, but they do it eventually anyway. And through all the distraction, then boom, that's it. I mean, it was just kind of like oh, okay. As soon as I saw a distraction, I'm like, yep, that's about it. Right about to us. Probably about to be it. And Joe Gacy, I'm so sick of him closing out these shows because he closed it out and I just do not look forward to next week after that. But he was standing on top of a building somewhere and he said he got like the whole world behind him or he going to take over the world, something like that, some sinister threat. And it, the camera panned out and I'm thinking I'm going to see like a thousand followers or something or maybe a hundred, maybe even ten. It was literally just him and them two same funky dudes that be with him. I'm not saying they really funky, but they wear the same thing every week, so yeah. But the camera panned out as just him two. I mean, those two and him standing on a rooftop and it just pans out and that's just 
it, I can see if they could at least get like 30 other hood guys to be behind him. And I'm like, oh, so he got a following. But no, you just screaming on top of a rooftop. I bet the person below you like, man, go on somewhere with that. That's why Brown Breaker going to do that to you. You know, just, I'm sick of him, man. He, I don't know why he in this position right now. Because I can't, I, I don't get excited for this NXT championship at all. And like I said, that's the top championship of the brand. And I don't care about it. But, hey, I guess Brown Breaker got it. He got to eat somebody. Not literally, but, yeah. But that was this episode of NXT 2.0. And I'm, it was, it wasn't nothing really special. I'm sorry. It, yeah, I there's really not much I can pull from it. I mean, we got further into the tournament of the the NXT breakout women's breakout tournament. That's fine, but everything else was just meh. Like once my energy kind of dipped down from that Grayson Waller and Andre Chase match, I really was kind of sucked out. And then the Wesley and Nathan Frazier match was a great match, but it ended with a Von Wagner. So there's that. But they got a few more weeks before in your house, so. Hopefully they can get this ball rolling a bit better. Because I don't know where it's rolling. It's rolling in the dirt. It's hitting all the bumps and stuff that's in the dirt. It don't know where it's going. But it's going to get to in your house as soon. Not your house, but in your house. <laughs> get it? It's been your guy, Devin Crimes. And tomorrow, be on the lookout for Izzy's review of AEW Dynamite. With my name shall not be brought up at all because I ain't got nothing to do with AEW. So, my name come up, it's going to be problems come the next day. He already know he don't want these problems. I don't know why he be playing these games. I be feeling like Roman sometimes, like, why would you play games with me? And on that, I'll leave you guys on that. I will catch you guys the next time that I'm on the Hill Turn episode. And peace out. And be safe. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn.